Welcome to the Ood, the Bad and the Ugly, the Doctor Who Marathon podcast, in which we will watch every surviving episode of Doctor Who from 1963 to the present day and review them all. I'm Dominic, and, and this is Elliot. Yeah, I'm Elliot, hello. Um, I'm, a, I'm Elliot, I don't have anything more to say about <laughs> yeah, myself. Yeah, he doesn't really have much more to say about There's not much to him, to be honest. What are we doing today, Dominic? Oh, start of series two. Yes, this is the start of season two. Of the podcast and of Doctor Who. And of Doctor Who, yeah. So we nicely lined it up. We're very we're smart people. Yeah, so um, this is the first serial of season two of Doctor Who from 1964, I think, yeah. Um, yes, which is... just... So it's, it's from 21st of November 1964 to 26th of December 1964. Yeah, uh, so it's almost 1965 now. Yeah, well, two well, years well, in. Two years out of 55. Well, it's not really. Cause it started in November, so yeah, we're sort yeah, of exactly yeah, yeah. a year in, you know. Uh, so this is Planet of Giants. Which was originally going to be the first serial. Really? Yeah, yeah it was originally going to be the first serial, but and then it got moved. You can, the writer couldn't get his oh, shit together shit. in time. I just realised I had the wrong page open. So it was actually the 31st of October 1964 to the 14th of November. Well, well done. Fake news, everybody. It's yeah, well, news. it's incompetence, not malice. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, so today we're doing Planet of Giants. Um, are you excited for this one, Dominic? Are we going to lie and pretend that we haven't just watched it? Well, I was going to lead to a joke. I was going to say, are you excited for this and Dominic? I was hoping you go, yeah, I am. I'm going, well, no, you don't lie, because you've already watched it. Yeah, we watched it um, earlier. Um, we've already both watched it, but uh, I'd seen this one before. I, I, I hadn't seen it before, and I wasn't really looking forward to it, to be honest. Yeah, because I'm... All right, so basically, um, Dominic's staying with me right now. I'm going to give him an insight into my lives. Don't you... He gave me a suspicious look as if I shouldn't be doing this. But um, we planned on watching Planet of Giants and Dalek Invasion of Earth. And I um, sort of viewed Planet of Giants as sort of like a little chore we had to sort of get through, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, yeah, you know, I wanted to kind of... I don't know why, from experience, after the Daleks, I shouldn't be looking forward to any other Terry Nation scripts anymore. But well, you like Keys of Mariner, so... I guess because the Dalek Invasion of Earth, which is the next serial, is quite a big historic one, I guess. So I was kind of looking forward to that. And Planet of Giants is kind of one I just wanted to get out of the way. But... I think I've been very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, um, so we'll actually get into review now. So it's a three-parter, which is quite odd. This is the first ever three-parter, because it was originally going to be a four-parter, and there was going to be... So it's, uh, the, series, the episode titles are Planet of Giants, Dangerous Journey, and Crisis. And there was originally going to be a fourth episode called The Urge to Live, but that was sort of spliced down, cut down, and compiled with Crisis to make it just a sort of tighter script. So what did you think of it? We, oh, shall we do a little... Yeah, go on then. Okay, there we go. There we go. Nice, hey, we're back. We're back. Um, so, I I really, really enjoyed this. I was ex- gleeful, would you be the correct word. I am over, still overjoyed. I'm in a state of serenity now after watching this. I cannot recommend this enough. I, um, I thought it was alright. <laughs> yeah, I'm a lot more sort of... Dull on this one. Like, it's not a fantastic episode. It's not the worst episode ever. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to go over the plot? Would you like to summarise the plot as the first time watcher? Okay, fine. So, the TARDIS is travelling through space. And time. time. And time. And it kind of, it's kind of got kind of a boring beginning, I must admit. Like, it does, yeah. It's quite it's a slow kind of, It's very... The, 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 this, it's a very... The dialogue in this isn't like I know I've just said how much I love it, but it does have some flaws, you know. Like the dialogue in it isn't that great. It's very exposition heavy. Yeah, but then, certain bits later, which I'll explain when we get to, where there is, it's just a bit like sloppy. It's as if the writer doesn't know how to subtly reveal anything. Like everything has to be revealed through it's very dialogue. Blunt. Yeah, it's extremely blunt, but that can kind of make it funny at times. Like it's kind of funny how blunt it is, as we'll get into it later. But so in, at the beginning, though, it's quite. Everything's kind of explained, really obviously. But basically, there's some kind of malfunction with the dimensions of the TARDIS. And it means the TARDIS uh, shrinks uh, when it materializes on Earth. Um, and but they don't realize it's Earth at first. And so the the TARDIS crew get out, and everything. They seem to be on this planet where there's giant ants and um, you know giant stone structures until they realize they're on Earth after all, and they've just been shrunk. And another thing about all the the insects they find, the giant insects they find, is that they've all died. Um, and basically, we we theorize this was just an excuse so that they wouldn't have to like use, have to you know an, you know animate 
giant insects or use special effects, you know, just to have all the insects be dead at the start so they could just have, like, stationary models of all these these insects. Mm. But, um... They, they, they kind of discover that it's a, a pesticide that's being used. Um, and then um, we, we kind of cut to... Uh, I don't want to go and, like, th- through the whole rigmarole plot, yeah. of the plot, but, like, like, we kind of cut... There's this other plot as well featuring, like, two normal-sized people, three normal-sized people, um, and these are the people who are making the pesticide, and... Uh, and one of the guys who's making the pesticide says, we've got to shut this project down because the pesticide is too dangerous, it will destroy the ecosystem. He gets shot by this other guy who's a really, like, obvious... So Forrester is the, um, is the, is the, is the slightly evil-looking dude. He's the evil businessman. And is the scientist, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Farrow gets killed by Forrester, um, because Forrester's just interested in making money, he doesn't care about the environment or the ecosystem or whatever. Um, then... Forrester gets this other scientist in who is working on the project um, uh, to cover up cover up the murder because who's this other guy this other scientist oh Smithers is the uh, Smithers. assistant of uh, I yeah. just love the name Smithers, Smithers. yeah um, but because he, he was a scientist working on the project he's not a bad guy really but he's he, he, he he's Forrester doesn't tell who's the new Smithers yeah. That he killed Pharaoh because Pharaoh thought that that the the pesticide was dangerous, and Smithers still believes that the pesticide is good and that it can help get rid of starvation by yeah. killing and all the pests of the world. And he doesn't mind covering up one murder in order he to can save stop starvation. Yeah, to save millions of lives. Because he doesn't realize it kills bees and yeah. worms and stuff. He just thinks it's gonna. Yeah, he doesn't know. realize it messes up the ecosystem because yeah, yeah. uh, Forrest is trying to hide it from he's him. He's not the worst guy. He's a bit. Uh, he's a very obsessed, good... but he's a uh, you know. He's a. As you pointed out, he's, it's refreshing to have like a complex. Yeah, a bit more villain, nuanced. Nuanced just your villain. Davroses and your meddling monks. <laughs> yeah, uh, meddling yeah. monks is, to be honest, that's a terrible example. Meddling monk is a kind of a nuanced villain. What? what med- meddling monk's a super nuanced villain. That's a terrible what are you example. About? He's, a, he's a meddling monk. He meddles. He doesn't do anything. He meddles like... to help human history. He's not the master. The master's a black and white Wait, no, villain. What do you mean? He, doesn't he want to? Doesn't he want to? No, he tries to fuck up. He tries to start a war. No, he tries to change, stop the Norman Conquest from happening. So that yes, that makes that in order to make a technologically advanced England. That's why he did it. I'm. He was extremely sure. nuanced villain. I'm pretty sure. Hang on, I'm gonna check because I'm pretty the sure there's fu- a lot. Hang on. Uh, Tangent number one, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you're right. Hey. Seems he wasn't such a bad guy after all. That was like of all the ba- all the black and white Doctor Who villains you could have chosen throughout fifty six yeah, years. Why? Also, why does the Doctor like <laughs> denounce the meddling monk when he meddles equally badly? Uh, well, it's a different. Yeah, well, we can get to that when we reach the time. Also, meddler. the meddling monk fucking helps the Daleks. They're trying to destroy time. Well, I haven't seen that. The chase. So what are you talking? Yeah, what are you chase. talking about? I Dalek master fan. Oh, the Dalek master fan. Yes. Yeah, so I, I'm still kind of right. Uh, but he has nuance. There's nuance in there, basically. But anyway, so um, uh, the the Tardis crew find out about this this uh scheme, Forrester's scheme to to release a potentially you know disastrous pesticide mm-hmm. um and they try and fuck it up basically um so they do this by um first they try calling calling um the police basically by you know like going th- through the rigmarole, rigmarole of uh, getting a telephone and like shouting through it, but obviously their voices are too high pitched. It doesn't work because they're so small. Yeah. Um, and then I'm really some you know simplifying the plot uh, yeah. here because it is is a kind of a difficult plot to describe. They do go like it's very it's kind of meanders about. And that's kind of what I like about it. It's kind of like they just it's kind of very. I thought it was a fun plot because it kind of just goes in all these different directions. I don't think the plot was very good. But I, I liked liked it, some though. scenes. We'll I talk liked about it the for good that reason. Later, yeah, I think. so that's the reason I'm not going in super detail into this one. Um, but the second thing they try is they get some of the they uh, activate a gas because they're in a laboratory. And they activate the gas and they light a match, a giant, a giant, ginormous match. And Susan says something really cute when they have to 
when they have to charge this giant oversized match into the match. She says, charge! And they, like, charge the match into the matchbox. Yeah. I just love all those little cute little moments in this, you know? I think I might have the mind of a child, but I love the f- I love this whole concept of, like, oversized things, you know, being shrunk into a small size, and suddenly, you know, like, a, a tap is a, is a ma- massive enemy, you know? Like, there's just something so yeah. adorable I, about I get that. what you mean. That's why I, I really took a lot of joy in that. Um, but yeah, so they, they use the gas and the match to set alight a pesticide. And, okay, this, I don't get this bit. It, they set alight the pesticide, it explodes, and... I mean, it blinds... Blinds Forrester in the face. Why? What was their plan? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was called a distraction originally. And then the Bobby oh. comes over and arrests him, and then... the bed... The bed the, the the woman the operator had alerted had the phone had been left on the hook so the operator works out what's happening and then sent a bobby over so they that makes sense the so fa- they, don't, they don't really need to do it the, the, the doctor it wasn't really important except that he left the phone off the hook so. yeah yeah they left the phone off the hook and that caused the operators to realise that yeah. Forrester because Forrester was trying to fake um Pharaoh's report, yeah, for report. So, so it's he was rejected. pretending to be Pharaoh. I just loved how that's caused the operator to catch yeah. on, basically, and then she sends a policeman in. My favourite bit was when Pharaoh was like, "I am going to leave now, and I'm going on holiday, and when I get back, I will submit my report, yeah. which will deny you your thing." <laughs> and then, then Forrest is like, "Interesting," and pulls out his pistol, and then the little the little tune plays every time he gets out his pistol. Yeah, it we, was interesting. We joked, said, we joked that because um, he, he pulls out his pistol later on as well. Like, is that he does? There's no like he doesn't think about it. He just like if there's a problem in Forrester's life. There's a little music. Little music comes on. He pulls out his little pistol. That's how he sorts it. Yeah, like, that's how he sorts it out. His wife, when he gets home, and his 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 wife makes his dinner. Like his dinner's cold when he gets home. Like, you just see him pull <laughs> out his little face. pistol out. <laughs> you know, it's just how he sorts out all the, all the problems in his life. Needs to needs to light the other uh, stove. You know, yeah. the gas. <laughs> He's like, ah. He pulls out his little pistol. Little pistol. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I like. Uh, yeah. I think that's a good example. Of the sort of contrived dialogue is the constantly repeating about the uh, about the like how he's going on holiday and how he hasn't submitted the report yet, um, and it sort of mirrors later. So Barbara actually gets infected, and one of the things is they need to get back to Fatalis to make her big again, yeah, so that she doesn't like die of the insecticide. Okay? Yeah. Now, firstly, okay, um, technically the insecticide would get bigger with her. So yeah. the dosage would still be the same. Yeah. Their idea is that it won't have a big thing is because of the dosage, but the dosage. I think the th- idea was that it would return things to their normal size when the TARDIS got ah, bigger. That, make- that makes more sense. Yeah, that makes more sense, I guess. Anyway, so after she touches it, I promise you, Ian reinforces about eighteen times. If you touch this, you would die instantly. Yeah. I mean, a fly lands it. It died instantly. It died. It's like he mentions it so many times, and it's like, yeah, we know. Fucking hell, why are you reinforcing that Barbara is in trouble? Yeah, Barbara doesn't tell Ian or the or the others that for some she, stupid reason. For why some not? reason that I guess just like she's just suffering in silence. Why not? <laughs> yeah, but Ian might die. So just tell them so they have more time to solve the issue. But yeah, like Ian's just like because she touches this wheat that's infected. And where a fly lands on the wheat that's in fact and dies instantly, and just like so many times out there, he's just like you know, just like you know, just like why Jesus, she, this is why does she die? The fly die instantly, and not her. Yeah, I know that doesn't make sense either. But like, <laughs> you know, there's so many times of Ian just going like, "Well, Barbara, aren't you glad there's not us that just touched the yeah, instant a... death wheat?" Yeah, I'd love to have written down the quotes because <laughs> they were so just uh. just like, just like. Well, I'm sure glad I didn't touch that wheat of that cancer wheat. That you know, I'm sure the... <laughs> I didn't touch that thing that might kill me. Yeah, it's like, it's... oh god. <laughs> yeah, fly. Yeah, that fly just died a horrible, suffocating death. You know, just by touching this here wheat. Yeah, I'm sure I know. glad like, I didn't do that. I'm sure you know? glad none of us have done that. Otherwise, yeah. things would be pretty bad. Otherwise, they would die a suffocating, horrible, horrific death. Don't you agree, Barbara? And Barbara's just look so so horrified. It's so cruel. It's so sadistic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was a but it's moments like that. It's says B movie moment heavy. Okay, it's just the whole thing. 
It's got some really, like, grown-up moments in, like the nuanced villain. I wouldn't describe it as that far. I, did, I feel it was better. I didn't think it was the best. But it's got it's got some grown-up elements like that. And also um, the uh, the environmentalist ideas, quite quite about ecosystems and things. Yeah. Birds and worms, not birds, bees and worms, and worms being important to the ecosystem. It's quite grown-up. But then it's also got just massive bee-moviness in it, like the silly dialogue with Ian... And you know, and just all the dialogue really—it's just all blatant and blunt. Um, uh, just and just yeah, just so many silly things happen in it. I was just laughing so much. Can we talk about the cliffhangers? Because <laughs> I think that's the most interesting part. <laughs> yeah. So can we do cliffhanger of the week? Yeah, this is quite early. So, Planet of the Giants was the first episode, and that had a really awful cliffhanger. So let's get this on the way of early. Yeah. So basically. They get ambushed by a cat, and then the doctor's like, stay still, and then immediately next episode it just leaves. Yeah, the cat just loses, the, the cat interest. loses interest. I like... thought they would do something like light a match and throw it, so the cat would be attracted by the light. Because you know, cats still always chase after those little light, shiny sticks. You the cat, but you know he just loses interest. It's just such boring, it's such a just, boring excuse. It's, it's such <laughs> contrived drama, which is instantly fixed, and that's a sign of a bad cliffhanger, I think. Yeah, that, I think a cliffhanger needs to have an interesting would, pale. Yeah, yeah. What was the next one? The second episode uh, is called The Dangerous Journey. And I think that had the best cliffhanger, which was a man... So the Doctor and Susan have hidden inside, like, a sink pipe, you know? Yeah. Like a drain. Yeah. And the cliffhanger is a man washing his hands <laughs> and pulling out a plug. But it, it was brilliant. That's why I love love this episode, the serial, okay? And basically, the concept of being shrunk into a mini size in general yeah. is because mundane everyday things suddenly become life threatening. So, a man washing his hands can become a cliffhanger, like a really. And that was a tense cliffhanger because they were about to drown to death. You know, how are they going to get out of that? But a man washing his hands, that man washing his hands could become such a tense cliffhanger. I just love that kind of subversion, you know, it's just. That's what I really love about this this concept. And, you know, it's just so funny how, like, they really... Like, there's a whole scene dedicated to them. Like, because the dialogue's so obvious, like... Uh, and another example of the dialogue being so obvious is just, like... They, they say, like, well, I think we should go and wash our hands now. And then they go to wash their hands and there's that whole scene of them just, like, rolling up their sleeves really slowly. Like, really taking great pleasure in the fact they're just about to wash their hands. You know, it's just so... Like, it's so... Uh, <laughs> you know, overdone. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I, I am. Um, I, I totally get you there. Yeah. Like, like um, I, I, I think that's the the joy of, sh- um, I, like sh- shrinking films in general. It's making the ordinary quite dramatic. Yeah. I think it's the same way. I kind of because I think I think it was really good personally. In the same way that the Doctor being trapped in a burning building is really good. Hmm. Like in Reign of Terror. It's very humanising. I'm not sure. But something sort of humbling yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, And like when, in this serial, for example, when uh, Susan... No, not Susan. Barbara sprains her ankle. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't happen in modern Doctor Who. Just little... It was just a little moment she sprained her ankle. And then Ian said, you all right? And she said, yeah, I'll be all right. And then they just moved on with the story. Like, it's just a bit... Adds a bit of realism to it. I, I say in a script about... You know, people being shrunk, so but like, shrunk, but, yeah. but like, you know, it's just, it's just not something that in would, the Doctor never sprains his ankle in modern Doctor Who, and he runs yeah. about ten times more than Barbara ever did. You yeah, know, I, like, I, I, I did mention that. They're like sometimes they it, never draw attention to the character's mortality. Really, yeah, they never make him feel like actual people, and having them suffer some mild injuries, sort of. It's a similar to what we said about. Stumbling over lines and things—it's the same sort of realism. That yeah, that yeah, yeah, adds a sense. Um, and the final cliffhanger is the Doctor just sort of going, "Oh, it looks like Retardus is going somewhere," and it's just a bit bad. Yeah, but the I middle sink one must be cliffhanger. The sink of the week, one right? is, I think, not only cliffhanger of the week, the best cliffhanger I have ever seen in my I life. Think that's hyperbolic. In my life, Elliot. Yeah, well, you seem to love this one. You seem to be proper into I, it. I love it. And definitely the best cliffhanger of the series so far for me personally, but it's cliffhanger of the week. Uh, shall we do title of the week? Um. So yeah. So it's Planet of Giants, Dangerous Journey, and Crisis. Now, I am always, always fond of one word titles. Yeah. I like the bluntness. I like the impact. 
So I'm probably going crisis. But see, the thing about crisis was that the letter it, it said next time crisis over the over the uh, sink cliffhanger. Yeah, sink, yeah. So that just made it even more dramatic. Like yeah, yeah. this is a man, literally a seat a clip of a man washing his hands with dramatic music in the background and it said next time crisis just because the guy was washing his hands that's how brilliantly subversive subversive it is you know yeah just something so mundane suddenly becoming something so horrific like they're going to drown to death you know crisis so that that links to the cliffhanger of the week really it's got to be crisis so that's the title of the week yeah i'm good i'm glad now we can hear now what B movie moments do you have? Oh, we've already been over a lot. We've already been a lot over them. A lot of them, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, just the whole thing basically was just one long B movie moment. It, it kind of sounds like a cop like, out. It feels like, like um, um, all those um, like shrinking films, like The Incredible Shrinking Man. Yeah, very fifties ish. You know, yeah, it's though. very fifties. But that's like that. That's part of why how I found it fun. Um, the the sets I thought were really good to be honest. That's a redeeming factor. It wasn't a good story for me. It was quite generic. I'm not sure, but the sets were a redeeming factor. There are were some really good like green screens and stuff, and the fly, the alive one, when it confronts Barbara. Yeah, the one the living animal. <laughs> yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, like, they did, there's some really good stuff. It makes you wonder why they killed off all the other animals. Really, specifically good um, sets. The plug hole set. The, yeah, um, definitely. The uh, briefcase set. I'm describing. It sounds like I'm describing objects. That's what's weird, yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, there's some really good sets. Like it's really impressive. I, like I'm, I'm kind of impressed. Like you have a it big well. budget, to be honest. Yeah. Can I? Either that, or they made really good use of the money they had. Yeah. So I remember reading that they only had two thousand pounds per half hour. Yeah. I didn't just Google that. Okay. And, um, so that's a tiny budget. Yeah. So like. It's it's really cool what they did with it. To be honest, like, two thousand pounds. Yeah. Per half hour. That's yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like speaking as someone like a film student, like, kind of puts you to shame. To be honest, that they managed to do all that with the money they had in the yeah, 1960s. yeah, legitimately. Was this before decimalisation though, Elliot? Are you taking that into account? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know about money and shit. I don't know about the imperial system. Um. But yeah, like. It's it's really impressive, like what they yeah the specials were genuinely super super impressive. Yeah. The insects did look good. Yeah, they really did look good. The dead ones looked awful, well, but no, like no, but yeah, okay. Fine. I thought they I thought they were just gonna be like sort of you know what I mean, just settle on that. But they really did push it further than I expected, which was kind of the reason why it entertained me so much. It was quite a surprise, yeah. you know. I, I kind of I do like the whole just yeah. The, I said it a million times. I do like the whole shrinking concept. Just like seeing that it's kind of surreal, you know, to see like a giant matchbox or a giant, what was that, a giant s- sign with like Norwich written on it, insecticide sign or something? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how it's all set in Norwich, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was another really sort of enjoyable factor, it was such a casual place. Yeah, and I do like how it just kind of combined a like a murder subplot with like the shrinking subplot as well yeah it was kind of a murder mystery I would have liked it was more sort of Poirot-esque and they really focused but on the it murder it focused on the murderers I was from the murderers point of view yeah we talked about this you never really see dead bodies too much today in Doctor Who so much yeah like, there's they a exist. gunshot wound and blood there's gun- and and also like the corpse is focused on a yeah, lot yeah yeah but you see his eyes and there's like a really close up on it that's a good the- that was a good shot to be honest when you see the little people and the and the yeah, giant yeah next to the body yeah, yeah. that's one body. of the, the sort of standout examples the of cadavers like, in modern Doctor Who the cadavers they're vaporised or whatever they they're usually either vaporised instantly or you see them die and then it just doesn't focus on them after that you know yeah <laughs> but there's a lot yeah just they never hang on the body it's very it's kind of morbid how they're like dragging this dead body about you know like it's very I kind of like this. It's kind of like Fargo, you know? It's kind of like you've got the guy who's not really into it. Like, he doesn't really want to be an accessory to murder, and you've got the the murder guy. You know, it, it did. It was kind of like that. Kind of kitchen sink. Pardon the pun. Yeah. With a reference to the kitchen yeah, sink. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, yeah, but you've kind of got that. But then also you've got the science fiction shrinking plot. And then, because, I don't know, Doctor Who kind of feels obliged to make it... It's it kind of, to be kind of global in scale. It couldn't just be a murder plot and then the shrinking. It kind of had the insecticide plot that could like wipe out humanity and destroy the ecosystem. You kind of had that in there as well. So I really liked how it kind of mixed all these three exciting, interesting subplots into one. I will say this: though, it is kind of a bit of a weird coincidence that the one place that they land once they've shrunk 
to Diddy size is the is a place where there's this special toxic and sexicide. That's, that's all got to, to though. That's all got everywhere to. Everywhere they land was a problem. Yeah. That's relevant, you know, a problem. That's yeah, yeah, bro- yeah, yeah, totally. But that that's explained in the 2011 or 2012 episode, The Doctor's Wife, when it says the TARDIS always takes the Doctor where he needs to be. So stupid. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't think we can pull on retcon no, stuff, really. No, we really. can't pull on retcon stuff. But um, it was a very interesting serial. And also, if you look at the view count, unlike a lot of episodes from what I've seen, the view count actually goes up as the serial goes along. Yeah. Commonly, there's an audience drop-off, but the audience actually went up. Uh, half a million. It's just between the second and third one, probably because of that amazing kitchen sink cliffhanger. Everyone's yeah. clamouring for more. It's just such a fun concept, Elliot. I just, I just think it's a bit generic, and it's it was fun. kind of poorly written and a bit padded out and a bit nothingy. It's fun. I might go home and like watch a load of films about people being shrunk. It seems to be my thing. Yeah, I think I'm just into shrinking people. <laughs> yeah, I have a giganticism fetish. I yeah, you do. You love big people. Oh, yeah. But um, it's a fun concept. It's a really fun concept, and it was a fun episode that linked three interesting storylines together, separate storylines together. It had, a, you know, the little ple- just little touches, like the little policeman at the end coming to save the day. Just things like that. Just In- charming moments like that. It's full of that. It's full of the moments like that, which I really appreciate. The original fourth episode was meant to focus on the police officer and the operator a lot more. Oh, right. Imagine if it had been, like, main characters. That would have been fun, because it was so mundane. You see what I mean? This is what I'm getting at. It's the mu- kitchen <laughs> sink. <laughs> it's the mundane, is what I like about this. How mundane it is. I was going to say, have they ever had a police officer be a companion, but they just have, haven't they? Yes, but it's not focused on... What's her name again? I can't even yeah, remember. Yasmin, I think. Yasmin Khan, yeah. Yeah. It's not focused on. It's mentioned once and then it's never focused on after that. What, Dr. Hubert plays Majon. What? Maj- Yasmin Khan. Is that some kind of Majon joke that yeah. our audience won't get? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a pun. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just like... It's so mundane. Just the little policeman and the operator. Yeah, I just... Maybe I would have liked the episode that they cut out... You know, they cut out because they said it was too mundane, but maybe I would have liked it for that reason, you know? Yeah, it was... I like the ones which are lower scale, and aren't yeah. like the world's being destroyed. I don't know, something interesting about that. But I mean, this was about the world being destroyed, but the way they incorporated not, it... Uh, not, but yeah, the way it they incorporated it, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a subtle thing that they just... It just made it more exciting, you know? I would actually it go so far... Re- it wasn't like the main focus is like... It's not like a bomb, it's like an insecticide that's bad that's going to get out. I would say I would actually advise I would just give this to film students and television students and say, this is a perfect script. You must learn from this of how it perfectly incorporates the high, you know, the high stuff and the low stuff, the mundane everyday, the mundane and the this everyday. This is neorealist cinema. And the, and the you know global events into perfectly into a small story set in Norwich. You know, it's just that perfect mix. It's the perfect synthesis between the two. Um, but it does have its flaws, as I say. We've already been over a few. There's like there's a bit where like the, the plot starts with like Ian gets in. Ian goes into a matchbox, hides in a matchbox. I can't remember why. I don't know why. Didn't doesn't Vicky? Sorry, um, that's oh shit, that's gone ahead. Yeah. Uh, hasn't didn't um Susan say? He was trying to run from the man and he fell in the matchbox. Yes, it's a good job we had that expositionary dialogue to tell yeah. us exactly what was yeah, going it's, on. It's like, what do you mean? Why? How could you trip and fall into the matchbox? But you went into the You ma- had to climb into it. Like, how can you trip? It's not like it's knee level. It's like, it's like you know what I mean? You have to, like, hoist yourself over. But he was, he was in the matchbox and... Who no, climbed down the matchbox, though? No, but no, the, when he was in the matchbox, that's how he got separated from the rest of the TARDIS people. Yeah. rest of the TARDIS crew. So the first part is about them finding him, um, and then he they just kind of bump into each other. Like it's really suddenly, re- abruptly resolved. Do you remember that bit? Yeah. When yeah. Ian's in front of the dead corpse, he holds like a blanket up in the air for some reason. I have no idea why. It's like it's like they do travel around fast for you know for being so small. Yeah, tiny people. They sort of teleport. Uh, uh, yeah. And then after they kind of bump into each other, then the exact same thing happens. Ian doesn't learn from his mistake. He hides. Yeah, in hides a, in a briefcase. A briefcase. He could have been crushed in there. Where who knows where that briefcase was going? Maybe it would put in a van. No, no, I said this again okay? with the matchbox. The matchbox spun upside, upside down. You're not going to fall very far. Yeah. Okay, if it spun around, okay. Yeah. If a briefcase spun around, you could break your fucking spine. <laughs> yeah. But what if the brief? How did? Well, it's a 
both things are transportable objects, Ian. Like, you could have been put in that briefcase, gone in that briefcase, and then be taken, like, four miles away. And that's, like, like a thousand miles in small people terms, you know? Like, it's just... Well, it's how very... small were they? Because it did exactly. continually seem like they were swapping size when, depending on what was convenient. Yeah. This... Like, the TARDIS in the garden looked quite large. Yeah. Like, it looked like action figure size. You yeah, know? like, four inches tall, five inches tall. Yeah. And, like... And then later the Doctor says they're the size of an inch, but then it kind of just... Yeah, and there's bits where they're like, we're an inch tall, but we couldn't, like, hold on to string. We'd, ha- we'd have to hold on to, like, thread. And it's like, you could hold on to string. Yeah, I can an if you The ants, if you think how big an ant is, or a fly, like, they're not an inch yeah, tall. Yeah. They must be tiny, you know? They must be diddy, you know? But it does it does change it a lot. Yeah, it. it's a bit inconsistent. It's if you want a head canon explanation for it, you can just say it's. Well, another... we're even, I'm complaining to the BBC right now. <laughs> you can just say it's a result of like the spatial discombobulation that caused them to be small in the first place. But obviously, the real reason is that they were just they couldn't you know they were making real props and they couldn't get it all the right size all the time you know and the plot needed them to be certain sizes at certain times you know. Mm. But I can I can forgive it for it really to be honest. Ah, oh, well, because you're a little butt. You just want to love this one. I love it. You just want to watch... You just want to knock Edge of Destruction off the top spot, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, can I say Ian looks very charming? Yeah, he does look quite We cute. have to mention that. He, he's looked yeah, really I dashing have, I in this. I do have to flatter him whenever possible. Extremely dashing. He's got a nice, lovely suit. I'd love that suit, to be honest. The problem is... And, and I think I mentioned... 1964, you know, Sean Connery was James Bond. I think they should have considered William Russell as a replacement. By his performance in this, don't you think, Elliot? Yeah, definitely. I definitely would have had him after whatever his name is. Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. Yeah. yeah, instead of George Lazenby or something. Yeah. So insert a little William Russell. Was George Lazenby the second one? Yeah. Yeah, we, no, yeah, it's always weird that he, you know, no one liked him. Well, but, I, um, I never watched that. Often, I don't have much to say about this serial. It's not that interesting. How dare you? It's just a little bit of a generic one. So, um, final thoughts. Six. <laughs> <laughs> the wise that is there. Yeah, uh, it was just kind of below average. Some special effects brought up to a six. You said you like. You said you liked it more the first time you saw it. I said I might. I said I felt like I did. Yeah. I think but that might have been because everything was more of a surprise. It doesn't yeah. have much depth on a second viewing. There's not much to entertain me. I guess so. But like for me, I was very excited by it. My my boyish boyish mind was kind of like, yay, you know, it's just a, a really fun. It's got some. It's it's got all the B movie stuff in it that you love. Mm. Like it's extremely B movieish. I was laughing all the way through this, but it's also got some genuinely good bits in as well. Like genuinely, you know, not too much, but like some interesting things, like the nuanced villain and the environmental stuff, and the way it weaves high, high like global plots and with them very mundane together and weaves these plots together. Um... But, you know, it wasn't perfect. But I just enjoyed it so much for that combination of B-moviness and genuine goodness. That synthesis, that perfect synthesis. I love this. More than any of the ones I've watched so far. And as you know, I think for every single one so far, I've even given it a 7 or a 5. But for this one, I'm going to be a little bit adventurous. I'm going to give it an 8. Yeah, I'm probably going to give it a 6, I think. Why? It was brilliant. Couldn't you see it? Couldn't you see it, Elliot? How much you fun I was so, having? You're saying eight. I'm giving it an eight because a nine is almost perfect and ten yeah. is perfect. It wasn't that. It had a lot of flaws, and part yeah. of the reason I loved it was because of how bad it was in some ways. You yeah, know, that's what it, the B moviness is for, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, just I had so much fun watching this. I would heartily recommend it for anyone. It's probably one of my favourite serials of the classic series. What I think with criticism, and I think this is really interesting. Yeah. Is that your sort of goal is to find a critic who you agree with. Yeah. Okay. And then you sort of take their t- advice to sort of find out what you want. Do you know what I yeah. mean? So if you're like Dominic and you like Cammy B movie stuff, you know you'll love it. But if you're like me, eh, maybe give it a pass. And I think that's an interesting, like, you know, sort of thing going. You know, we sort of represent two different opinions. Yeah. And hopefully that people will come from, from back from our podcast. Maybe they would watch this and they thought, oh, it was. Maybe they'd rate this podcast five out of five. And make a nice little five star review called Oodiful Stuff on iTunes. <laughs> Thank you, Tartan Paul. Tartan Jeff. Tartan Jeff, shit. So, Tartan Jeff, 
Thank you. We appreciate it. You're a, you're a good guy. He Thanks. gave us a five-star review on iTunes. We just want to put it out there. You know, there's a, there's a five-star button here for, for anyone. can click, really. Anyone with an Apple account, really. Can... And I'm not going to lie. When I woke up in the morning and Dominic messaged me and told me we got this review, I was super excited and happy. Yeah. Like, it's nice to think that, like, maybe something I've done has contributed to just cheering someone up or making someone's life better in any way. Yeah. You know? I don't know. It's just this is a nice feeling. Like yeah. it's quite. You thank know, you, Tartan Jeff. So thank you, Tartan Jeff, and thank you everyone that listens. You know. The you know, there's a big you. shiny five star button out there that anyone can really. Yeah, know, I know. Just, we just putting it out there. Hope you find it. You know. Yeah. Hope you don't get lost in your way. Your, your little curse. Maybe you'll be mentioned like Tartan Jeff was. Have a special mention. Yeah. I'll call. I'll mention anyone. I love. Yeah. I mean, I love. I love anyone that likes our podcast. Like. We're a whore for five star reviews. To be honest. Yeah, I would. I yeah, I am basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, have we forgotten like Arsenal Dr. Moan of the week or anything you didn't have any he was a really no he was actually a pretty decent guy this week uh, he didn't want to kill anyone he didn't want to leave anyone behind he when he got like, trapped well these horrible things we have to excuse him for you know like yeah basically he shouldn't be having to do this <laughs> um, now, anything is that all our segments I that we've got less segments well we do have usually. our next segment coming out Poolless the, f- the favourite segment of the week we're not going to do that though are we because we well, don't have Toby sh- I'm going to edit it in there. Okay. Welcome to Hulus. This is a little segment we do on the podcast. It's a little game show. I'm your host, Dominic. And um, this is where uh, we've got a friend of ours called Toby. Say hello, Toby. Hello. Toby isn't a big Doctor Who fan. He's got a working knowledge of the show. But if you show him a clip from Doctor Who, his descriptive abilities are not going to be of the same tier as a hard, hard line, long-term Doctor Who fan like Neil Elliott. So we're gonna we're gonna show I'm gonna show Toby some Doctor Who clips, random Doctor Who clips from history. And he has to describe them to Elliot, and then Elliot has to successfully name the serial or episode that they're taken from. That's the that's the name of the game. So I just sent Toby a uh, a clip. Uh so yeah. you can watch that now, Toby, and then and then oh, re- relate to Elliot. Have you watched uh, my video, Toby? I have indeed, yes. Yeah, okay, so, round one. Toby, describe it. What did you see? Uh, There's, like, a sort of zombie werewolf man, and he has a moustache. Is this Inferno? I'm not, he, I have to say final answer. And he I'm has not... big green furry hands, and he's, like, breaking into a nuclear reactor, or something to do with a nuclear This is reactor. almost definitely Inferno. But I'm going to ask a few questions first. So, sorry, describe more. Uh, um, Doctor Who and his assistant were like yeah. flipping switches and shit. What colour was the Doctor's hair? It, he was grey. He was very old. He also had. He was a grey hair. He was grey hair, right? Yes. Okay. Was it in colour? Was in colour. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. but it was old, right? It looked old. So it wasn't like the new series. It looked kind of yeah, it looked old, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, continue <clears throat> further. And they flipped a bunch of switches, uh, and like something happened, and it zoomed in a lot on on Doctor Who, mm. and kind of it was like something was going wrong. So mm. the clip ends with the assistant like breaking the switch by like sticking a wooden. What colour hair did the assist- assistant have? Was it sort of um, uh, hazelnutty, like, so light brown? Yeah, that, yeah, that sort of colour. It's right. Inferno, it's, final it answer. Long. I remembered it was long. Yeah, long hair, it's Inferno, final answer. I don't know if that recorded, so I'll say it one Drum more, roll, more time please. dramatically. Inferno, final answer. Dominic just messaged the chat and said, let me eat a slice. So this is for dramatic tension. Keeping at oh. us in suspense. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm eating a pizza. That's that's a kind of show host I am. Very professional, but also yeah. very hungry. Um, Elliot, you was were... it Inferno? Right. Yeah, of course you were. It was Inferno. Congratulations. You win. Do I win today? What do I win? What's the special? What's the star prize? A baby 
giraffe is what you win. A baby like, giraffe. Holy shit. He's going to have to try. Yeah, we're going to raise it in my small well, room. I don't know how it's going to. Will it get? Will it grow too big? Will it? Break its neck on the ceiling. I'm a bit worried, but you know. Yeah, that that is a, that is a problem, and we're we're shipping him over from Africa now, um, on a little boat, uh, through a oh. hurricane, and probably the hurricane will sink the boat, and the baby giraffe will drown. So uh, oh, that's grim. All right. Yeah, is, it's quite, is, it's quite is grim. There, is there a round it's, two? It's nice Do to know to that for a, again? It's a nice to know that for a, a period of your life, you can say you owned a baby giraffe. Um, yes, there's a round brief, two. So I'm going to send Toby. Period. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send Toby another video, another clip. Uh, oh, it's quite impressive. I've done that quickly. Inferno. And... I, I really, that's actually one of my favourite episodes. Um, spoilers when we get to it. I really like that one. I was impressed by that. I was just thinking of what episodes with hairy men, and Inferno is my top episode of Doctor Who with a hairy. Oh, man. You're very familiar with those episodes. Yeah, but I was scared I was gonna like miss something obvious, so I had to ask more questions. You know, I was like, is there another episode with a hairy man, which I'm forgetting? Inferno, have you seen Inferno, Dominic? Oh, fuck. I remember what I forgot to do. I, I cut these down, right? I cut these down. All right, I kept yeah. the, cut these clips down just before to show Elliot to make them less obvious. Now they're not. Oh, yeah. But I accidentally sent Toby the one that I didn't cut down, so it was like the full full thing. That's probably why it was so long. Oh, my so God. That, <laughs> only that, got that's my bad. I definitely so would have cut out John. I definitely would have cut out John Pertwee. No, I definitely would have cut out John Pertwee. Okay, but I'll send. That's, oh, that's brutal. Jeez, come on, yeah. Takeshi wouldn't cut out John Pertwee. I'll give you. I'll give you a range. Anyway, you you go. Watch. We'll listen to the clip. Listen to the clip. I'm excited. I'm excited to you know have a, have a new. Yeah, watch the clip. I'm excited. Oh, it, it's been sent to me. Oh, holy yeah. shit! Pornography. Great. Toby. Ah, oh, I got a virus. Ah. Dominic's probably got loads of viruses in the computer. All the porn. All the, from all, yeah, say all the porn, yeah. I haven't got any viruses on my computer, but I got them in real oh. life. Yeah, that's true. Mainly AIDS. Isn't that why they banned you from sci-fi society? Because you were giving what? everyone AIDS. Yeah. With my opinions, like I said, The Expanse was the best sci-fi show ever, and they got really pissed off. Did they cry? Yeah, they did. Well, also, I don't give a fuck. This is staying in the podcast. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about Captain Marvel. I don't know why everyone's fucking so. I'm just kind of bored. Of, I'm, well, I mean, I always was. It just doesn't. Look very <laughs> interesting. You shut so, up, Alfred. Yeah. Can't actually watch the clip. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. I'm bored of Marvel films, but especially this generic-looking one. Fantastic. Right. Uh gonna delete that. Okay, Toby, you've just you've just uh watched another clip from Doctor Who that I sent you. Now describe it to Elliot. Yes. Have indeed. Uh they're lying in, in like a like a like a not a bed, like a kind of torture scenario. Um, but like a real shit one. Um and they're being interrogated by a scaly man with a big cl big claws and he asks okay. them about their clothes because they're like Sorry, so what do you say about their clothes sorry that they're like made of a fabric he's not seen before or something okay and the woman jokes and says so, so you should see my tailor or something i don't know mm -hmm. and they're watching a tv with doctor who man on on the tv i think i know what episode this is from so who, which is the Doctor Who? What colour hair does he have? Uh, blonde. I think, is it, is it the same guy who looks like H-Bomber guy? We're doing this again, yeah, it is. Okay, I, it, it, it's all, I thought it was from the start. It sounds like the visitation, but I'm not casting my vote yet. Okay, so what colour hair does the companion have? I can't remember. I, yeah. Do you remember hairstyle? Can you describe anything more? It's black. And it was... Is it like curly? Yeah, kinda. Okay, can you describe the area where they are? 
Like, like, so what, what type of, they, where are they, they? They were lying down and there were some sort of tubes hang out, like curled up things. And I don't know, it just looked like, it just looked like a sort of a, a Doctor Who-y type set where there's just a bunch of... Could you describe the aliens more? Did they remind you? How many of them were there? I said, was it just I said, one? No, there was one alien, yes. and he was sat in a chair, and you kind of couldn't see his face, but you could sort of see him from, like, the side. And he was scaly, and then had a big mm. kind of... What's, okay, what's, wait, this is a hand. bit of a meta question. Was he wearing makeup, or was he wearing full costume? The alien. He was in a Hang on. costume. Oh, okay. Oh, oh there's several, there's several ideas. So my part, my first idea is a visitation, and that's a pterodactyl. Okay, okay, because that sounds like something Tegan would say. Okay. It oh, there were two be... people, by the way. Yes. Being okay. Tortured. Oh, what's the what? Describe the other one. Is wearing yellow. So that's Adric. Okay. Um, that's almost definitely vis visitation then, okay? But I'm not casting my vote yet. I want to have another think about it. Okay, so I know that's Adric for a fact. So that already narrows down which episodes it can be between because Adric didn't appear for the whole era, okay? So that narrows it down to about a season. I don't think Adric was... So it could be um, Terra from the Deep, okay? But, oh, is it... It might be Terra from the Deep, okay? But... Can you describe the scaly man in a bit more detail? Okay, I'm gonna ask you some questions. It's gonna sound really weird, okay? Okay, no, so, no, fair enough. Okay. Question, actually, sorry, Dominic. Can I ask you a question about the rules? Would you mind unmuting your mic? Because I want to ask you a couple of rule-based questions. Okay. So my question was, can I draw things and ask Toby if it looked vaguely like them? Or can I only describe things? Patrick wasn't in terror from the deep, I remember. That was by the time. You can't draw. You can't draw. I can't I'm draw a, things. You can't draw. No, it has to be really, through own, really the skill of your own tongue, as it were. And my shit memory. I think I'm going to have to vote uh, the visitation final answer. It might be terror from the deep. I don't know about this one, but. Final answer, the visitation. Um, to be honest, this is getting quite sad because that was a very, very vague right? clip Please I gave Toby. Please don't hold me. It was a very Please vague, it was a very vague clip. Very Please don't hold me suspense. Okay. Am I right? Am I right? You're right. And it's just sad that you're right. Because oh that was such God. a vague clip. <laughs> oh. I'm kind of a oh. bit... I, I, like... I, okay. I narrowed it down. It was the adjective that got me because it was either terror from the deep or... Visitation, and I narrowed it down by knowing Adric and his yellow shirt. That's what got. That's what got me that. Well, congratulations, Elliot. Yeah, I, I'm uh, actually do you want to know your? Yes, yeah, I want to know your prize. Hmm? Hold on. I know your prize. Thank you. I love this game. It's really fun. I enjoy Toby. Toby's such a good sport about it. It's just nice, like hearing Toby. Oh, yeah. sorry, Dominic speaking. Because I can't hear him speaking, so I've been. Oh, so do you want time. to know your prize? Yeah. I'm excited to know your prize. I'm excited. Yes. Okay, well, um, you've already got the draft that is imminently headed to its uh, its death. Um, yeah. So do I get your next prize? The penguin now? It's a bit no, it's it's a bit more of a humble prize now. But uh, what's your favourite fruit? I said the humble banana. It's a very the humble banana, fruit. I feel banana. Well, I've got good news for you, Elliot. What you're yeah, guessing is in fact an apple. I hope you're really excited about that. You've got an apple uh, and uh, oh, a baby that's giraffe. Really good. I mean, that's good. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I. I've already eaten the apple, so I don't know if that causes any problems, but we should send it over to you in transit uh, soon. Uh, that was that was Tulus. Uh, a big round of applause for our, our, our contestant, Elliot, and our good friend, Toby. And we'll see you all next time, but right now we'll go back to Planet of Giants. See you all next time. Thank you. It's, been it's a lovely to audience. have me on. See ya. Thanks. Bye.
So hopefully next time we haven't done the final ratings yet. We did. We did the final. We rate. haven't added it up. All right. It's so 14, I gave it's eight plus six. It ain't that complicated. Okay. I went to primary school. What was fourteen? Yeah, fourteen. Why does that put it then? Oh fuck! You bastard, Elliot. I hate your ratings. I hate your ratings, and I hate you. What? It's that it's equal with the Aztecs and the Reign of Terror. And I think it deserves to be so much more. I really do. I'm disappointed in how Wasn't much you've dragged it yet? down. You seem to really enjoy it. Why didn't you give it a nine? Because it wasn't a nine. It okay, wasn't. well, I thought it was a six. What can you do? With okay. episodes, I wanted I wanted other episodes to be higher. What episodes did you put, I put high and you put, like, fucking sensorized? I want the sensorized to, 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 to not be shit. So... That was that was Planet of Giants. I would heartily recommend it. I actually think it was the best one so far. But apparently, some people don't agree with me. But yeah, what you were saying earlier, like hopefully people listen to our podcast and um, and know to trust, yeah. And be like, hopefully, like maybe we'll give them like different opinions on things. And you know, you don't have to. Hopefully, we'll give them a different perspective on this. You know, you've, <laughs> we've had very different opinions on it. Next week, it's going to be the Dalek. Well, next week, we say that it's probably be next it's, month. Yeah, it's next month, yeah. It will be uh, the Dalek invasion of Earth. I hope everyone's going to be really excited about that. Well, last time we watched the Dalek episodes, we hated it, so I don't know whether to be excited. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, so that was really fun, really enjoyable, and... I'm Dominic. My blog is www.fdefensor.com. Oh, don't, don't, don't <laughs> I haven't. I've decided I haven't. I don't shout out my blog enough on this podcast. Yeah, you should. I should. The Tartan Pool. That's what everybody. Tartan Jeff. Sorry. Tartan Jeff. Tartan Jeff. Everybody Tartan. advertises that. I just forget to because I'm lazy. Beautiful stuff. I should just Even say it at the beginning. My <laughs> blog is www.fdefensor.com. Okay, that's good. that's it. That's my For advert. Subpar film articles. No, For subpar think. film articles and. Other and just crap. perverted stories and things. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Tartan Paul, we love you. We love. Thanks, Tartan Jeff. Tartan Jeff, I'm sorry. Jesus. I think it's Tartan This is going to be so difficult to edit together. Shall we just say bye at this point? Yeah, I know this is a mess. Let's just cut our losses while we can. Yeah, bye. Death to the Daleks. No, Dalek invasion of a. No, I'm just saying Death to the Daleks. But it's also a reference to the episode Death to the Daleks. Uh, the end. Uh, also, we forgot to mention this, but on the day we were recording it is Roger Delgado's 101st birthday. So we Happy just... birthday, Roger. Happy birthday, Roger. We just thought we'd send that out to you. Yeah. Sleep well. <laughs>